so far. Cook motions out, third and nine. They look that direction. They throw the ball up in the air. Right on cue. Caught. Touchdown. George Pickens beat McCrary and the Dogs stretch the lead. This is the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Doughty and Chase Kitty looking ahead to week six of the college football season. Thanks for listening to Monday's episode. If you did, thanks for coming today to hear Chase break down some week six lines after a couple of really strong weeks. You're going to want to listen to this here. We'll keep this shorter like we do on all Thursday episodes, probably come in around 18 to 22, 23 minutes. So stick around if you can. We're going to start with a few specific items here and then get into his best bets when I kind of just let Chase run with six or seven games there at the end. Heads up, we're talking here on Tuesday night. So the lines might be a little bit off uh, depending on when you're looking at them, but they should generally be in that same ballpark. And I want to ask you first about Oklahoma-Texas. I was looking back at the all-time series thinking that over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, Oklahoma would have closed that gap because I knew that Texas had a pretty massive all-time lead in that series. Texas is still leading that all-time series by a pretty healthy margin. Oklahoma won eight of the last 11 in that series, four of the last five. Uh, looking at this line here, I'm using Bavada for those of you that are listening and following along or checking after the show. Oklahoma at uh, one-and-a-half point favorites. The total on that game, 72. And as I'm talking here, I'm browsing through these totals, and it looks like that's the highest total of the week as far as I can tell. Quick glance, it looks like by far next closest. And somebody tweet at me, at adowdy 88 If I'm wrong here, maybe you, sir, can even correct me if you know of a higher uh, total off the top of your head. Looks like Bama Ole Miss is second closest at... 67. How do you feel about this game coming off of those two games last week? Are you going to touch this one? Uh, I will not be personally touching it. It's not going to be on my card, but I feel like if you're going to bet it, you have to bet the Oklahoma side of it. It's really hard for me to imagine, and this is usually not a good way to start an analysis of why I'm going to bet a side. It's usually hard. It's hard for me to imagine, but it is hard for me to imagine Oklahoma starting the year 0-3 in conference play. It feels like they are the more desperate team here. So I would back Oklahoma's desperation if I wanted to take a side in this game. There's just way too many better spots for me to get involved in a game like this where both teams, I think, are, are I think it's fair to say, failing to meet expectations and trying to break down how that's going to impact this specific game. How much do you care about the historical piece of this? I mean, I generally I hate when people say, well, when these teams get together, not even for this game, for any game, when these teams get together, you know it's going to be a drag down smash out fight. That kind of bullshit when in reality, these are new players every single year, coaching staff turnover, neutral site, that kind of stuff. But in this case, it is correct. I mean, this game has been played within a touchdown or 10 points for most of the last decade. And then even going beyond that after those two blowouts uh, seven or eight years ago, how much do you care about that, even though these are completely new players than the last couple of years? I think it's one piece of context. And I think if that's all you're using it as is a good piece of context to ground yourself in the juices of one specific rivalry, then that's fine. Uh, but if, if you're like basing your entire strategy around that, that's where I would have more problem with it. That's where I would redirect people to what you said. Hey, there's a new players every year. So I, I get that the rivalry is the same, 
but it, it's different every year because there's those different rosters. Couple more games I want to get to before we do best bets here. Staying in the Big 12, Iowa State is hosting Texas Tech. Iowa State, I'm seeing right now a 13 point favorite at home. You talked a little bit about Texas Tech last week in that K State game. That line surprised you. Uh, we're going to get into the, the K State line, I'm sure, during your best bets talking about that. And if you don't, I would love to uh, mention that. Texas Tech at Iowa State. Iowa State coming off of that game last week in which they pretty much just looked like the better team against an Oklahoma team that went completely flat in the second half. After It's been a weird season for Iowa State as a better, I'm sure, because after Louisiana, I mean, you talked up Louisiana quite a bit as a team to bet against because they were so overvalued the two weeks after that, or I guess three weeks now after that. How has that kind of flipped on Iowa State being, in your opinion, overvalued coming into the year? Did it get to a point where they were undervalued going to the Oklahoma game, and now are they overvalued again with a pretty big number, almost two full touchdowns, over a Texas Tech team that is not that bad. Well, what we've seen under Matt Campbell with Iowa State is that he's pretty good against the spread as a dog and not all that great as a favorite. Like, he, he might win some games but fail to cover as a favorite. Uh, he might lose outright as a favorite. But they do really well covering even on the, the money line as an outright dog winner. So that's and that's something we see in college football, you know, with certain teams, certain programs. You just mentioned Kansas State; they're kind of good like that as well. Uh, so when you look at what Iowa State has done so far this year, they've played three games. They were favored to win two. They were not favored to win the third. The two they were favored to win, they were zero and two against the spread, and they lost one of them outright. The one game against Oklahoma, where they're the underdog. They covered and won outright. So it's kind of, ex from a gambling perspective, this is exactly to the script of what Matt Campbell, Iowa State teams do, is they don't play very well as favorites, and they play great as a dog. So now, after a big win over Oklahoma that arguably you know knocks Oklahoma pretty significantly off of their perch that they've been in the last few years, now you have Iowa State coming back, and they're up in the spotlight again. They're, they're laying double digits at home, Historically, under Campbell, this is a spot where you don't necessarily want to bet Iowa State. I'm certainly not going to come in on the Texas Tech side of it either, which is why I think this is a stay away. I just think you have to keep in mind, from a gambling perspective, who Iowa State is. And that is somebody, you like him as a dog, you got to be a little careful betting them as a favorite. Let's move to the SEC, a game that, if I'm seeing it correctly, the line has moved quite a bit here in the last 24, 48 hours. Auburn at home against an Arkansas team that picked up their first Power 5 win in almost three full calendar years. Auburn 14-point favorites. The total on that game pretty damn low, 46-and-a-half. Uh, that's the mid-afternoon game on Saturday. How do you feel about this, and do we are we overvaluing, not me, we, but Ozmakers, are Ozmakers overvaluing Arkansas's win last week because there's this perception that that's just what Mike Leach teams do? That's what they've done at Texas Tech. That's what they did at Washington State. Now we're seeing him do that again at Mississippi State one week after that LSU win. Are they being overvalued? Did you expect this line to be higher? And is this another stay away for you? Yeah, I thought this line would be a little higher. I actually, I do think I'll have a small play on Auburn here. Uh, the numbers I'm looking at, Auburn opens at 16. They're bet down to 14, because, and I don't, I don't know what kind of money that was. I don't have that breakdown in front of me. But it, it steams from 16 to 14, and that's where it is right now, certainly in my book, and I think in a lot of other books too. Uh, you see a lot of times 
you know, numbers stop moving once you hit those key numbers, and 14 is certainly a key number. So Auburn right now at 14, and I, I got to like the value there for a couple of reasons. Number one, you've already gotten two points back from the initial place where the line moved. You're getting Auburn off the loss, and you're betting against Arkansas coming off their first win in forever. So it's just, in general, a really nice spot to bet against Auburn. Laying 14 points in an SEC game may be a little bit tricky, and that's what might make some people, especially pros, stay away from this game. But I think in terms of gambling principle, this is a nice spot to come in on Auburn. Probably not going to lay the lumber super hard uh, because there are reasons to be a little skeptical, but this is a nice spot for Auburn. Hey, really quickly, before we move on to best bets, I don't know if you have an answer to this question, but in the past we've talked about how the perception of a coach's job security, how the hot seat, how a coaching change can move lines during the season and before a season. In the case of Auburn, where it doesn't seem like they're willing to pay the gigantic buyout, I don't have the number in front of me, but I have uh, talked about it before. It's still pretty darn high. It's 75% of his remaining salary I think uh, through, I think, 2023. So it's up there. It's in the, in the mid, uh, what, seven figure, or excuse me, mid eight figures. And even though Auburn's not paying that buyout, especially in a year like this, there seems to be a perception that Gus Malzahn should be on the hot seat. Is there is that affect lines at all? Is there any way for you to exploit something like that when the public believes that Gus Malzahn should be on the hot seat? But generally, historically speaking, we know that a team is not going to pay that kind of cash to move on. I think maybe in certain spots, in certain specific scenarios, uh, I don't think this is one of those. I, I do understand from an actual football perspective why his situation has gathered some attention, has demanded some of the spotlight. Uh, it is an interesting thing to talk about on maybe our Monday episode, but from a gambling perspective, I don't think we've reached the point yet where that's going to somehow affect the point spread. So in this particular case, I think the answer to that question is no. I've looked up his contract and read his contract and looked at the buyout number several times but I generally forget what the exact number is. And when I pull it up every single time, I'm still baffled. If they fire him, I mean, it's just, just kind of for simplicity's sakes. Nobody ever gets fired on really New Year's Eve, the final day of the year when a contract ends in his case. But December 31st, 2020, his buyout is $21.4 million. Even after next year, 16.2, it doesn't drop below 10 until after the 2023 season when it's 5.4 which we've grown accustomed to seeing programs pay that kind of money to move on, but that's still not nothing. Even the year before that, $10.9 million. So we're talking about him making it through this year and two more years for Auburn to get that buyout below $10 million, which is just a crazy number. Let's move on to best bets. You brought up the Kansas State game uh, before we hopped on here, just having me guess that line. As we get into more almost exclusively conference play, Another glance across the board. Not many big numbers. Uh, big one in that BYU game, obviously. A big one with Alabama. But generally, a lot of mid-single-digit numbers, low two-digit numbers. What sticks out to you this week that you love? Yeah, so we'll start with Kansas State. Uh, I mentioned on the pod last week, Kansas State was at home. Uh, they had opened as three-and-a-half-point favorites against Texas Tech, and that was bet down to two-and-a-half. It appeared by Sharps that were coming on Texas Tech. I just did not see that. I thought the number should have been like six, six and a half, seven, something like that. Uh, and, and Kansas State ends up winning by multiple scores. So I really wasn't sure why they were being evaluated like that. It was probably the most head-scratching uh, line I've seen all year so far. 
And then I come into this week where Kansas State is is going to Fort Worth to play TCU. And, okay, TCU's at home. Okay, they're coming off a big road win at Texas, which I think people know where you and I are in Texas, but they were still ranked in the top 10. So that's a really nice road win for TCU. I personally would probably hang this line, Kansas State is a short road favorite. I would understand maybe even if a book hung TCU as a short home favorite. They have, at my book, my my, my primary book is Bavada. Kansas State is a nine-point underdog. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. And and I, I just, like, even if you factor in, well, they did open the season by losing to Arkansas State. Okay, but then they turned around and beat Oklahoma. And they're, you know, in the driver's seat of the Big 12 right now. So this this line just doesn't make sense to me. And it's kind of like last week where my first reaction is, what the hell is going on there? I better stay away from it. But now this is two weeks in a row. I just feel like they're being evaluated incorrectly. So I'm just, I'm slamming Kansas State plus nine this week. I mean, I'm What did gonna... you think it would be? And this is what you asked me right before the show and I was had pulled it up looking at it. So I couldn't have given you a, a guess before you asked me to, uh, to guess what it was. And I think I said four or five on that max. I mean, what did you expect this line to be? And would you have still taken it if TCU is only four instead of nine? I would think like Kansas State minus two and a half, like something like that. So you think it's way off. Yeah, I mean, this I, I don't understand this line at all. This line makes no sense to me at all. We mentioned a couple weeks ago uh, the, the Virginia Tech-North Carolina game, which is this week. Very interesting line here. So we've got Virginia Tech plus five and a half is where it opens. That's still where it is right now as of Tuesday night when we're recording this. Uh, first of all, the fact that it's five and a half is a pretty clear sign, I think, from books that they are trying to keep pros away from this game. Five and a half is just one of those weird middle numbers that you can't really do anything with. So if it's at six, if it's at six and a half, if it's at seven, those are numbers that professional gamblers like. Five and a half, it might as well be four or four and a half at that point because statistically, like when you look at key numbers and how point spreads usually cash or don't cash, there's almost no difference between four and a half and five and a half. So to me, it almost seems like they're trying to ward action away from this game and away from Virginia Tech. That is sign number one to me that you want to bet Virginia Tech in this game. I already liked Virginia Tech if you didn't listen to our episode a couple weeks ago, full disclosure. So I was already there. This could totally be confirmation bias, but that's what I see. I also see that 37% of the tickets are on Virginia Tech, but 83% of the money is on Virginia Tech. That's another huge sign that the side to be on in this game is not North Carolina. I think Virginia Tech is the better team. I don't know how COVID stuff is going to affect the roster and who's available. It certainly seemed like you could tell a difference in terms of what they played like at home with the full roster available two weeks ago in NC State versus what they played like on the road with a road roster uh, at Duke. This past weekend. So there was definitely a difference there. And of course, this is going to be a road game as well. But every sign I see as a sharp is pointing me toward Virginia Tech. That's what my analysis is telling me as well. So Tech is certainly a play this week. Uh, Going down my list, I've got just a couple of smaller ones I'm going to rattle off here. 
Liberty is minus 19 and a half against, I believe it's uh, Louisiana Monroe. I don't have the opponent written down here on my board for some How reason. How hard do you get when you bet Liberty football? Uh, I don't love it, but I love money more than I dislike Liberty, so whatever. Uh, Liberty opened here as a 21-point favorite. They're, they've been bet down to 19 and a half. Monroe is just not a good team. Liberty's undefeated. I feel like I'm getting value here. Monroe's getting too much respect from a couple years ago when they were actually good. Uh, yes, they had a nice comeback and messed up my teaser this past week. There was the last leg of the teaser I needed, and it folded. I was kind of pissed about that. That doesn't mean Monroe is a good team just because they they backdoor covered against Georgia Southern at home. Now they're going to go on the road. They're going to go to Lynchburg. Liberty probably going to cover this one pretty easily. You know how I feel about public dogs, and UL Monroe is a big public dog here. So give me Liberty minus the 19 and a half. I'll swallow it happily. Syracuse is playing a game against Duke this week that looks a lot like that Georgia Tech game that I called perfectly a couple of weeks ago. They open as a point and a half short home favorite. It's bet down now to Syracuse plus two and a half. You don't get to lay points on the road if you're 0-4 Duke. That's just stupid. So give me Syracuse. I know they looked bad the first couple weeks of the season. They looked really good at home a couple weeks ago against Georgia Tech, and that was actually the last game they played. So they actually had like a little bit of a bye week going into a game against winless Duke. I mean, this is just an easy, easy call. Give me Syracuse plus two and a half at home all day. I mentioned Kansas State. I think I'll probably play Alabama this week again uh, because 24 points going to Ole Miss. I mean, I know that's not a traditional sharp thing to do. It just doesn't seem like enough points. And I don't think... I don't think Saban's going to have any trouble coaching against Lane Kiffin. So I don't think 24 is enough. I think Alabama's offense looks really, really good. They get, always get credit as a defensive team. I think their offense is its one of those years again this year where their offense is actually really strong. I don't think they have any trouble covering the 24. So probably a small play on Alabama. Speaking of highly rated teams, Notre Dame playing Florida State, Andrew Dowdy. What do you think the point spread is in this game, Notre Dame versus Florida State? I was going to ask you about this game if you didn't talk about it, so I already looked it up. I don't understand why it's not 75. Nope, I don't either. Why in the world would Florida... Could it happen? Sure. There is no common sense to suggest that Florida State is going to keep this game within three fucking touchdowns. Yeah, Uh, so Notre Dame is, is laying 21 at home against just a godless, horrible Florida State team. And I, I don't know why it's not, you know, 31 and a half. It should be something closer to that. 21 is just not enough to keep me from from betting Notre Dame. So give me Notre Dame all the way. Uh, I, I got a lot of little small ones that are probably just going to be, you know, they're like they're little baby leans, maybe like one unit plays or maybe even half unit plays. Just write them, write them off real quick. You don't have to go deep yeah. into all of them, but I mean, give some people just a little something to munch on quickly. Sure. Arkansas State minus 14 at home against Central Arkansas. I kind of like this one because Arkansas State, Arkansas State just got the doors blown off of them at Coastal Carolina this past weekend. And Central Arkansas, it's going to be, it's kind of funny to say this because they've been playing FBS games all year. Central Arkansas just played their biggest game of the year because they went to Fargo and played North Dakota State. So they kind of have shot their wad, and now they're going to have to go play a pissed-off Arkansas State team. I like that I get Arkansas State here, and I only have to lay two touchdowns. 
So that's a little bit of uh, – normally you don't do analysis on a game maybe that far down the board, but that is kind of the way that I see that game. I like Florida International right now only laying four against Middle Tennessee State. I think Middle Tennessee is probably a bottom 10 team this year in college football. The line has moved from six and a half to four, so I'm getting good value there. I like Florida Atlantic for the same reason. They opened as a six-point favorite at Southern Miss. They're down to a two-point favorite, so that's just a straight counterplay. It's all about value. I'm getting them on the other side of that key number of three. Uh, So, yeah, give me Florida Atlantic. Georgia against Tennessee is an interesting spot. That's another one where the line has gone from 14.5 to 12. I just don't quite think Tennessee is in Georgia's league, and this is another case of public dog. So anytime you can get a favorite who is not liked by the public, that's usually a good sign. Give me Georgia, small play there. And a couple more. Charlotte hasn't won a game yet. They are laying two points. It's it's up to three at some books, but they're laying two points at North Texas. Very curious line. That's one of those cases where you're betting the number. Just forget about the teams. Just the scenario and the number there tells you you should probably be on Charlotte. UTEP plus 14 seems probably like too many points. It's actually up to 15 and a half now at my book. They're going to Louisiana Tech who definitely has lost a ton of players, is not nearly as good as they've been the last couple of years. 15.5 seems like a lot to give up. I know UTEP's not very good, but that might be one of those ones where you ignore the team, just bet the number. And Citadel plus 30 against Army is actually on my board. Purely because, and it kind of goes back to the Cincinnati game as well, that it ended up being a push. I just don't know. There's not a lot of possessions in a game between Citadel and Army. So when you have to lay 30 points with Army, like that just seems like a really big number. And they could end up like six possessions in that game. Exactly. So the idea that you're going to lay 30 points in a game where they might have like six or seven possessions is kind of crazy. So I think if you're going to bet that game and it's not a terrible game to bet, I think Citadel plus 30 is not a bad look. Good luck finding another podcast in which somebody who knows what he's talking about rattles off. I don't know how many games you touched there. I bet you touched 15 games in 20-something minutes. Good luck finding another podcast that will do that. Hit up Chase on Twitter, at Chase A. Kitty with specific questions before week six. He's a kind man. He will answer your questions if you ask him nicely. We'll be back on Monday. That episode will drop at 6 a.m. Central on the dot. And then one week from now with another betting episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out the High Motor Podcast. We will be back on Monday. I saw a friend today. It had been a while. And we forgot each other's names. But it didn't matter because deep inside, the feeling still remained the same. We talked of knowing one before you've met. How you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces